0: We are starting a brand new series for the rest of the quarter. you like that first one we did on all those relationship things. Woo! Okay, so now we are going to be talking about the third person of the Trinity. We will talk about God the Father. We will talk about God the Son. But who are we going to talk about? God the Holy Spirit. So we begin uh, a short series on God, the Spirit, tonight. Um, I'm going to ask you a question and get you thinking back a few years. Uh, In what way did you define God when you were like a little kid? Um, You had some beginning ideas about God. Most people do. What were those ideas? I got the impression, maybe because I was so short, Um, that God must be very big. We went to a church that had a very tall ceiling. He must be very big. And I got the idea that he was very powerful because he could do things like answer prayer. Now, how can you just do that if you're a measly something or other? But he must be more than a measly something because he could answer prayer. I got that. And I kind of got the idea that not only was he very big, he might be so big he had to be far off. Like, maybe he was so big they had to park him somewhere out beyond Pluto, so the planets didn't, like, smash into him. Anyway, that was my impression. You know, what was yours? Okay, now fast forward to, to the present. Um, how do you find, define God right now? Have you got some character qualities you have to represent him, or some scriptures, or some experience you've had? How do you define him? Well, I've had many decades of reading his book and being in relationship with him, so I, I, I've got lots of information <laughs> swirling around. But if I wanted to boil it down, I would pretty much define God this way. I say he is pure love. And that makes me pretty attracted to him. And if you feel like you could use a little bit more love than you got going on right now. Amen. a couple in agreement I think the reason we feel that I think the reason why we maybe sense we could use some more love is because of two things number one God is love and number two he designed us to receive his love I think he's made you to want that love now it's going to be different for each person because of your different personality right that's fine Man, I'm not talking about that sugary, sweet stuff. I'm talking about that manly stuff. That kind of love. <laughs> and girls, I'm talking about that sugary, sweet stuff. Whatever it is you eat, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? We all experience different kinds of love that we want, OK? I just don't grow much chocolate, so it must be sort of like chocolate. OK, guys, I thank you. OK, I I get off track so often, just pray harder. Um, <laughs> Let's begin to wander about in scripture for a while and begin to, to wrestle with some of the, the exploration that needs to of God, the Holy Spirit. Why don't you put up the, the first slide for us tonight? And just say something like um, God has great love and great glory. And so I want to share a story to get us thinking about God's great love and his glory. And we'll relate that to the Holy Spirit in just a moment. Um, when I was just a rookie Christian, you know, beginning, just trying to figure it out, had just decided to surrender my life to Jesus. I was going to this youth group at a St. James Presbyterian Church in Bellingham, my hometown. And some of the, the kids, after the youth group meeting, would go up to the sanctuary, because we were in the basement, and then we'd go up to the sanctuary, and sit at the altar, and we would pray some more. Because we wanted to know more of God. We so we should talk to him. And one day, and I want you to just get in the sanctuary at St. James Presbyterian Church. Are you there? Kind of an A-frame, A- deep ceiling, pew, center aisle. Great to get married in. Whatever. Um, we're sitting up at the altar. And we're just praying. A bunch of high school kids. And we're just singing songs to them. We're just praying or thanking God for stuff, maybe praying for uh, each of our high schools, because there's two high schools represented, the youth group, and I felt, as we were praying, that God was coming from the back of the sanctuary forward. Now, that's kind of a weird thing, like, whoa, God is coming, and how many of you like to like body surf? Anybody's ever body served? Jump on a wave with your body and ride it, it's kind of like boogie boarding, but no boogie board. And anyway, I felt like this wave of God was coming. I felt even more specifically; it was like a wave of His love. And it's like the wave just built, and I'm just just praying and thinking, oh my, gosh, oh, my gosh, "Oh my gosh! Oh 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 my gosh!" God is coming, and the wave hit just right when I thought it would,
1: and we all fell over. We were sitting
0: cross-legged, and we all just fell over and burst out laughing. And we all felt this amazing. Presence of the living God and His love—it was like liquid love all around us, but it wasn't liquid it's hard to describe a supernatural God just flowing all around us, enveloping us with His love. That was an amazing experience. Turn in your Bible to John chapter three. We're going to start in verse sixteen because it's kind of famous. I think it's so famous, nobody talks about it anymore from, the, from up front. They just assume you know it. Well, I'm not going to assume that. John chapter 3, starting verse 16, John is this like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourth book in the New Testament. Um, it says, God so loved the world. Okay, and that, that means like the people... God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son, and who's his son? Jesus. For God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. The light has come into the world, but people loved the darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly. But what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Who is this God that we want to know more? I think he's pure love. It says he loved this planet, the people of this planet, so much that he gave his only son Jesus. If we would but believe in Jesus, what he did on the cross by hanging there after being punished. Absorbing all of your sins and life into his body. And then dying, and then being buried. And then coming back to life will go really like to before you like if believe in that Jesus, the one who raised from the dead, we will have eternal life. We will move from being condemned for our sins to being saved from death. That sounds almost too good to be true. That it can be as simple as believing. What an amazing plan this God of love has for us. Ooh, God loves you that way. You are included in the people this verse is talking about. You are one of the people of the world that he has directed his love towards. And this freedom from condemnation is for you. You can take that gift. Forgiveness of all your sins that can be put to light.
1: Let's take a look
0: at Psalm 96, 2 and 3. That's to the left quite a bit. How many Psalms are there? Hundred and fifty. So what does Psalm 96, um, 2 and 3 say? To sing the Lord, praise His name, which we do at Kyle, which is fun. I like that. Sing the Lord, praise His name, proclaim His salvation day after day. Always be talking about the salvation that God gives to us day after day after day. That's a lot of talking, isn't it? One guy that was teaching about this says we get to gossip the gospel all the time. <clears throat> now, it's, it's happy, isn't it? Great news that we can tell our friends that just like we have received the love of God and the forgiveness of God and we're free and condemnation, they can too. We can keep declaring his glory, it says in verse 3, among all the nations, the whole world needs to hear about God. How glorious He is. Okay, we serve a God who is great love and great glory. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. These blessings, we get to proclaim them. No one who has received this salvation is to remain silent. Right? It's not something you put a cork on. But you lovingly to politely explain to others what God has done for you. 1973, I got to travel with a group of 28 students for an entire summer. Can you imagine 29 high school seniors traveling together for a whole summer? That was amazing. Only four adults. Uh, we really had them out there. That was an amazing summer. And I had just come to understand and experience the salvation of Jesus for only seven days before I left. And I was pretty excited about what Jesus had done in my life. So, what did I do? I did not stop talking. But day after day, I told all 28 of those students what Jesus had done for me. I bought my first Bible. And I was reading it. It would tell them everything I was learning about. And by the end of the summer, all 28 of them knew how to become a follower of Jesus. And one of them, a guy named Ed from Illinois, he did. Change his life forever. That's awesome. Slide number two. Not only do we have a God of great love and great glory, but he gives us a great commission. Anybody know what a commission is? A mandate. It's like a commandment, and many, yeah, and like, like a job, like a job description, your commission, what you were supposed to be doing with your life. Anybody heard of the great project that he's given us in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, not knowingly or shake unknowingly? There's a lot of annoying people here. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus, after he has been crucified, after he has been buried, after he's been raised from the dead, what did he do? He appeared to his disciples over a period of a whole bunch of days. How many days? I don't know. It was like 50 days or something. And on one of those occasions, he said these words to them He said, All the authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you guys go and make disciples of all the nations. And get them baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And don't worry, because I will surely be with you always. Even to the end of the age. is not something you're doing alone. I will do it with you. I will help you talk about me. And then he's given us great authority to do this. Do you know that the name Chiapha comes from 2 Corinthians 5.20? How many knew that? Not this way. How many didn't know it? Go this way. We have mixed reviews. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And God is making his appeal through us. And we are to implore people on God's behalf to be reconciled to him through Christ. Have you ever thought of being the highest legal representative of a government to another government? Wouldn't that be kind of amazing? You walk up to the president of another country and you get to say, well, this is what my country thinks. What does your country think? I mean, that would be an amazing conversation, wouldn't it? But what does St. 520 tell you? That you are an ambassador for, from God's country. Well, this is what God thinks. What do you think? And we get to invest for him. Day after day, we proclaim his salvation. We declare the glory of God to all the nations. And wasn't it fun that we got to hear about the AUAP students coming here? God has sent one of the nations right here to you. And they are dying to have a friend. And they want to be invited to your apartment and... And, and they want to eat with you and they want to ask you questions and they want to practice their English. All you have to do is say, God, help my ears to hear their accent. <laughs> right? And then you can start hearing their accent. And when you don't get it, you say, spell that. And when you don't get that, you say, draw me a picture. <laughs> and it's a food. They're amazing people. Invite them to your place, feed them a meal. They'll be your best friends forever. We have great authority to speak on behalf of God. Um, I remember when I was your age. I know hard for some of you to imagine that I was ever your age. But I was. Yeah. I went to the school that cannot be named. that that Nate and Maggie went to? I went to the school where friends here don't let their friends go there. I was born in the town. Please forgive me. But while I was a student at Western, I had an older Christian, you know, by two years older than me, he was discipling me. I was in his core group. And he took me just outside of Red Square, uh, the big brick square where all the classrooms were around. And at lunchtime, all the students went out in their classrooms and were filing out of Red Square. And we were going out one of the uh, channels out of Red Square on a little bump of grass. And he said, Michael, how many of these people do you know? And of course, I knew a couple. He says, how many of these people do you know know Jesus? And I said, Say, uh, And he says, Michael, God loves every one of these people. And they need you and me to proclaim salvation to them day in and the day out. They need to know the glory of God. And I'm, just, I'm just a punk college student. I didn't know what to say to him. You're like, what, Gary? You're expecting me to talk to these people about Jesus? He says, well, what have we been studying about in the Bible? (laughs) Well, you mean we would have to do it? (laughs) (laughs) He says, yeah, this is not theory, Michael. This, This is doing. This is how the love of God is made tangible to people is when they hear about Jesus. They'll never know or experience the love of God if you keep it all corked up inside of you. There's supposed to be enough fizz inside of you that the bottle top goes off and you bubble over onto people. You need to talk about what you're learning from the Bible. And from that day on, I could not see another college student the same way ever again. And I got thinking, I don't think they know Jesus. How are they to know that he loves them? How are they going to know anything? I have to I have to tell them. And I began meeting a lot of people after that. Do you know how many people you can meet if you just sit down with them in the dining hall? They're just sitting there eating, and if you say, can I sit down with you? They always say yes. Unless they're waiting for somebody specifically. Then they say, well, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm expecting something. And they say, okay. Then you go to another person, that's it. Can I sit down with you? You see, yes. You were so nice. Have you ever tried that? You try. Okay. I digress. (coughs) Did you know that when I looked at the world population counter today, we are almost to 7.5 billion people on this planet? We are almost up to 7.5. And when I was looking at the Pew research, it says that only 2.2 billion claim to be Christ followers. That seems like a pretty large number to me. But if you do the math, are there a few more non-Christ followers? That means they have not yet experienced the love of God and His forgiveness and knowing eternal life. And that means... Somebody gets to tell them. And I bet you might be someone. Are there any someone's here? Hi. The sad thing that I did some research from the Joshua Project says that there was 3.1 billion that that have never had a chance to hear because there are no Christ followers in their people group. There's no way in their normal heart language to hear about Jesus. That made me really bummed out. So, folks, 2 Corinthians 5.20 basically says you and I are love ambassadors. We get to show love to people and tell them where we get our love. So we have what does the, the screen say? We have a great responsibility. Wow. Oh. So I'd also challenge you, don't be a love hog. Okay. Wow. Did you know if we pray things happen? Did you know like if you pray that somebody will come to Jesus, they most likely will. They're going to have to work really hard to resist. This is the facts. There are very few people that I have prayed for that have not come. I wonder what would happen if you prayed. You're just a person, aren't you? And I'm just a person, and I just believe that God yeah. wants to save people. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, I decided, after I graduated, to be an intern. How many of are thinking about being an intern someday? Put them people. Yeah. You should give a shot. Well one of those things, me and Reed Johnson, one of my fellow interns, we had a little extra time. And we just decided, well, we've been thinking about people need to hear about Jesus, so let's just go tell everybody in this one residence hall about Jesus. That a little audacious though. <laughs> but when you're in college, what do you do? Audacious thing. It's that time. We go wild. We said, we're going to go wild for Jesus. We started praying. We started walking around this residence hall. You know, like Jericho? Walking around it. We started praying and walking around. We started laying hands on the building. Except the building gave prayer. Okay, we were actually praying for the people in the building.
1: And then we said, God, you've got to
0: give us a plan. How are we going to tell them about Jesus? He said, knock on the door. Get out! Oh. No, you get out. You know, that? and so we would knock on every door, say hi. I'm Michael. Just read, and we follow Jesus, and we were just wondering if you want to hear all about Him. <laughs> we're just nutty college students, and you know, people would say yes. What's going on? They didn't invite us into their their room. We'd sit down in their bed, you know, and we we talk. You open the Bible, tell about Jesus. Some people said no. And we'd say, well, could we leave you with this little booklet that would tell you a little bit about him if you ever wanted to, just in case? And they'd say yes, because they wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> and so they'd have a little booklet that told them exactly how to put their faith in Jesus. Was that cool? Everybody got a booklet. There's like maybe only five doors that never answered. And two people came to know Jesus Christ. Started doing the Bible. Today. You audacious Central Washington University students, I can't wait to hear what you're going to be doing. You just got to do something. Okay. There's another slide here. talks about a great promise Turn to Luke 3.16. What's it say there? Matthew, Mark, Luke. Oh boy, I don't even know what this one says. We're going to have to read it. No, that's John. Is anybody there? Luke 3.16. John answered all these people that had gathered. This is John the Baptist. He was baptizing a bunch of people down by the Jordan River, and a whole bunch of people were coming to him. And he he answered them all, and he said, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So they wanted to know if John the Baptist was the Messiah, and he said, No, there's one coming after me. Who's way more important than I am. I'm just baptizing you in water. He's going to baptize you with the Spirit. How many of you have ever been to a of baptism? What happens to a of baptism? People get wet. <laughs> All the way wet. Yeah, I hear we're going to have a spring camp out again and people are going to get wet. What's that river that goes by Wenatchee? the Ganges? Columbia River wet and it's like once they were dry then they wander into the water and then they go under the water and they are wet all the way through and it feels like river water so they know they have been baptized so what do you think this baptized with the spirit would be like once you were dry And then you're all wet with the Spirit. How do you describe that? It's like that wave of love coming from the sanctuary of the St. James Presbyterian Church. How do you experience, you know, how do you say what this is all about, where the love of God comes and surrounds you like you're, yeah, I don't know, baptized? The word baptized that we use today comes from a Greek word like baptismo, and it just meant. That you were all wet. It was first used in classical Greek of ships that sank in the sea. They were baptized. How would you like to be saturated with the love and presence and power of God's Spirit? That's what John the Baptist said. I was baptizing with water, but one more powerful than I is coming after me and he will baptize you with the spirit and with fire ooh okay we're going to turn a little bit later in Luke's story to chapter 24 we're going to see more about the promised Holy Spirit the promised baptism of the Spirit let's see if we can find Luke 24 the last chapter Turn to verse 45, Jesus is talking, Uh, this is again after his death resurrection, it says he opened his disciples' minds so that they could understand the scriptures, and he told them, this is what was written, the Messiah, he was the Messiah, the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name To all nations, to the whole world. For God so loved the world. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, to the whole world, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. You are the ones that have experienced these things, he's saying. You know what I'm talking about. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But you all stay in the city. Until you've been clothed with power from on high. So to help others hear about Jesus, we need some amazing divine power to give us the courage to keep talking about his salvation day after day. To declare his glory to all peoples everywhere. We're going to need some divine power. Do you get it? That's what this baptism in spirit is about. We're saturated with the love and the power and the presence. To help us. You ever feel you need some help living for the Lord? Yeah. So we take on this responsibility if we will. Are you willing to proclaim his salvation day after day with your friends and acquaintances and classmates? I hope you will become willing. God is really wanting to obey Him in this. Are you nervous? You should be. Trying anything out of your normal pattern is a new thing and that makes us nervous, right? The last thing in the world I ever wanted to do was be in a public speaker. I was too shy to do that. But look what happened. I said, okay, you get a baptism of the Spirit? Sign me up. God has so filled me and empowered me. It keeps pouring into me as presence. I can stand up in front of you even though it makes me nervous. And I've gotten over my nerves except the first day of quarter. Then I'm scared the first time I do it again. Yeah, but God gives me good. Will you take this responsibility? Yeah. Have you put on that responsibility like a pair of clothes? And will you allow him to clothe you with his powers? You have the ability to do that. I hope you will. Next slide is something about the great fulfillment of that promise. In Acts chapters 2 and 4 and 10, we can read about how the disciples waited for the Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, the Spirit came on them... And they all spoke in tongues, there's a sound of a mighty rushing wind, something like flames of fire on their heads, they went outside, people gathered because of the noise, they shared the gospel, and only 3,000 got saved that day. No, that was a pretty exciting day. God's power changes our lives. Are you curious about God's power? Would you like to be more effective in helping your friends come to Christ? In chapter 4, we learn that the disciples changed the way that they prayed. Instead of saying, God, we just got arrested for talking about Jesus. Please don't let that happen again. They prayed, God, did you see the threats they gave us? Did you see that? Now God give us more boldness and give us the ability to perform miracles so the name of Jesus might be proclaimed and the glory of God might go forth. Their prayers became quite strategic. And when we open up to join in with the plan of God, our prayers will change from God protect me to God empower me. And our friends... Will remain and will be transformed from being distant to God to being brought near. And most of your friends will choose to believe if you but tell them about Jesus. And I love Luke 11, 11 to 13. Let's just turn there for a second and we can be winding down our message. And I'm hoping that even tonight, uh, the Holy Spirit is kind of poking at you. Have you ever had God poke at you? And certainly you have had God poke at you. There's a lot of room to poke God is in the habit of, of kind of getting in our business. Have you noticed that about God? I'm, I'm just praying that God will be poking you and saying, listen, listen two, twenty-three steps tonight. I want to use you, but you could use more of me so that I can use more of you. I want to get you all wet with my spirit so that my love can be experienced by you and more and more people. So that my salvation can be proclaimed day after day on this campus, so that my glory will be seen Through all the nations. Okay, we're back in Luke 11. 11 through 13. It says, hey, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? (laughs) Ha ha, ha ha. Snake, Uh (laughs) ha. No. Jesus is telling a story to make his point clear. Or, if your son asks for an egg, he'll give him a scorpion. (laughs) ha ha, scorpion. No! Jesus says, If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you ask, Father, would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? He's not going to give you a snake or a scorpion. He's going to give you His Spirit. Because He is a God of pure love. And he wants more of his pure love inside of you. He is a God of power, powerful love, and he wants that powerful love inside of you so you can love your friends enough to tell them about Jesus. And finally, the last five says something about great joy. When we reveal the love and glory of God to our friends, we will receive great joy. Let's close in prayer. let have the worship team come while we're praying. Dear God, thank you that you really, really love us. And you really, really love our friends and our roommates and our coworkers and our classmates and our professors. And even all the other students that are still strangers to us who love us. And we pray tonight you will stir us in the words of your scripture. It says you love them. You don't want to condemn them. You want to give them eternal life. But that you need an ambassador who will proclaim your salvation day after day. Day after day. You need someone to reveal the love and glory of God. God, I pray that each person here tonight will say, pick me, pick me. God, reveal to them, you've already said, I pre-paint you. I pre-paint you, yes. God, help everybody here say, please, baptize me. Baptize me with your spirit. I want more love.